everyone. Welcome to the Faith Focus Weekly Discipleship Podcast. My name is Kevin Rodness, and I'm very glad that you are watching us today or listening with whichever one you're doing. Um, today we're doing a little bit of a special episode because, as you see, I am joined by our lead pastor, Brad Kindle. Brad Kindle has been gone for three months on sabbatical, and we are very excited to have him joining us once again here at Faith Covenant. And so today we just thought we'd take some time to talk about his sabbatical as a whole and how that went. And then at the end, we'll also answer a couple of questions from our sermon um, this week. We had, you spoke on generational healing. And so we're going to speak a little bit about that. But first, we'll talk about the sabbatical. So just in a nutshell, what is a sabbatical? Yeah, so we, we talked about this before I left, but a reminder to everyone. Um, and thank you. First of all, thank you, Faith Covenant Church, for creating a church where your pastors get sabbaticals. That is very wise. Uh, our denomination very much promotes that within the congregations. And so Jill and I... promotes that too. Yeah, that exactly <laughs> true. So, I mean, the, the yeah, the, the idea um, that the, the people of God, it, it's interesting. You know, so a Sabbath, um, the Ten Commandments um, prescribe a Sabbath day. Mm. And, um, and we live in God's Sabbath now because of Christ, another theological topic. But a Sabbath is um, a time when you cease from work. Mm-hmm. And, and in so doing, um, you trust God because God knows that if you, if we work seven days a week, um, one, we're going to work ourselves to death and two, we're going to work that hard because we don't really trust God. (laughs) So it's kind of a day, um, every week that God prescribes, Hey, take a day and just don't work, rest. And just, just trust that I have this. Mm-hmm. And God prescribes that um, these periods of Sabbath rest throughout the scriptures. We, we read in the Old Testament that every seven years there was a Sabbath rest for the people of God. Um, every 49th year, the year of Jubilee, was a time when all the um, debts were um or what's the word? Debts were, yeah, debts were forgiven. Debts, yeah, debts were forgiven. Uh, uh, prisoners were set free. Slaves were set free, etc. Even the land was. Yeah, the, the the land was um, allowed to lie fallow mm-hmm. so that it could um, receive the nutrition it needed for the future. And so, um, in in the employee handbook here at Faith Covenant Church, uh, pastors. Uh, every seven years receive uh, a sabbatical. Pastor Shar received one seven years ago. She's gonna get another one coming up. And um, it would be, it's, it's one of the wisest things I think any employee could really receive. Mm-hmm. And I mean that for, I don't know how to do this for all of staff, but uh, you know, I've been in ministry for over 30 years. I think it's 32 years now. And um, this is my first, first sabbatical. Mm-hmm. And um, wow, I wish I'd, had opportunity previous to to have others mm-hmm. it would have been a gift no. so yeah so you're away for three months and i know your trip or your not your trip your sabbatical was broken up into kind of two main portions yeah the first you and your wife jill traveled to europe mm-hmm. what did you do there yeah so um first was in europe first the second half was here in the states um minnesota specifically and uh so uh you know here's the thing about this <laughs> There's so much that happened. I so wish I could 
uh, bore all of you with all of my pictures and all of my stories. I, I, I have an uncle who used to run trips to the Holy Land, and he used to threaten the grandkids. If you misbehave, I'll show you the slides of my trips to the Holy Land. Ooh, I should do that with my nieces. There you go, yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, we, we had an amazing, amazing, amazing time. Um, I mean, the trip of a lifetime for six weeks. Um, and I would say our theme of the sabbatical was um, home. What does it mean? What is home? What does it mean to go home? Um, and, and we started with the idea from um, Genesis 1 and 2 that the home that God pr- created was God and the man and the woman with each other living in harmony, living in shalom. Mm-hmm. And so um, Jill and I love to be outdoors and so uh, we were outside a lot, uh, walked, you know, I, we were averaging, I think, around eight to nine miles of walking every day. Nice. Um, and, uh, you know, up, we went to, I'll, I'll count off the, uh, the, the countries. We were in the Netherlands, Germany, Austria, Sweden, France, and then back to Germany and the Netherlands. Jill, um, as many of you know, uh, lived um, she did a semester in Sweden and she lived for almost four years uh, in the Netherlands and so she has a lot of friends um, that we stayed with you think how, how could you afford something like that well one of the ways we afforded it was about three of those weeks we were staying in someone's basement <laughs> or, or you know upstairs room and we had we had great hosts and I I guess what I would say fundamentally the one of the magnificent gifts of the trip was, and there's so many, um, we saw these amazing sites. We went to the Louvre, you know, we went up the Eiffel Tower, uh, we went to Berlin and saw all the history there and everything, but far better than all the sites was all the people we met. Mm. And I really, this, this was God's, God really working in me because um, I've always defined myself as an introvert <laughs> and I, I think I'm going to stop doing that now. Uh, defining yourself as an introvert? Yeah, and, and, and I'll tell you why. Um, because, you know, one, we were just staying with a lot of people <laughs> and, and I was meeting a lot of Jill's friends that I didn't know and so there was going to be a lot of time together with people mm-hmm. and um and and I could have gone into that I mean for 6 weeks it was like a lot of relational stuff um in good ways I could have gone into that with wow I'm going to need my alone time <laughs> you know which is is kind of my my instinct and but what I decided to do was every day say you know what lord I'm I simply want to be open to um, what you have for this day, and I'm I'm not going to hibernate anywhere or seclude myself. And I'm so grateful that that the Holy Spirit led me to um, move through the trip in that way, mm-hmm. because if if I had taken time to say no, I now need my alone time because I'm an introvert. Um, I, I would have missed out on all these magnificent conversations. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the other thing I will say is, um, so Jill, um, 
Jill spent that time in Europe and has these friends. And, and she was a part of their lives. And God did wonderful things in these people's lives when, when Jill was with them before. And so now we get, to, we get to circle back and I get to hear the story hmm. of those times. But then I also get to hear about what God has done in these people's lives over the years. Mm-hmm. And wow, uh, our God is so good mm-hmm. to see what he did in these, you know, this is over two decades later. Um, just just the, the work of God in people's lives and the patience of God. Not that everyone is now like this uber saint or anything. <laughs> no, they're just normal people. But... Uh, to kind of hear how they're even by by coming together again, their their spirits in Christ were, were rejuvenated was mm-hmm. really powerful, and so just just magnificent, you know the, the 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 life of the church, the life of Christ is our our life eternal is nothing but relational. Mm-hmm. Uh, the two greatest commandments: love God and love other and love others, and so that's really that that's what home is. Um, in one sense, um, we are we are communing with God, and I am, and then we commune with those God puts in our lives. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's a little bit about the first six weeks, and Jill was with you for that. So was Jill also technically on sabbatical, or <laughs> what was kind of her role? In, yeah, yeah. So I mean, obviously you were traveling together, but yeah. So Jill's Jill's a retired teacher, and um, she she doesn't work outside the home except she, she actually um, is uh, very involved in our grandchildren's lives and is with them uh, two full days uh, every week. And so yeah, it it she ceased from her work as well and um and, and Jill is you know she does a lot of work um just making uh our our world work mm-hmm. and um so yeah it was definitely uh, a great time of sabbatical rest for her she mm-hmm. we we both thought of it that way um and I will say uh we I think we really um just we had so much fun together <laughs> Um, and we were together 24-7 almost every day, and we were just, we just had a great time being together. And, uh, yeah, that was, again, just a deeper love, a d- love of God, love of each other, love of other people. Yeah. Yeah. So then um, I know uh, for the time back in the States, the latter part of your sabbatical, you had some plans. How did those plans how did those plans work out? For you? Yeah, yeah. So, well, a couple things. I I would like you if you, if you didn't listen to last week's sermon on generational healing, I tell a really important story that I won't tell right now about our trip to Sweden, um, and I would really encourage you uh, to to listen to that because it was um, before I, before I go there. Sure. We we were in Sweden for two weeks. And our denomination was born out of Swedish immigrants. We're a very multi-ethnic uh, denomination now, at, at least far more so than in the past. Um, but I, I also got to read the history of our denomination, which is a, like a 645-page book or something, and in the context of being in Sweden. And, um, and that, that was very, very special, to revisit the birth of the people on whose shoulders we stand as a church in the Evangelical Covenant Church was very, very, very important to me. 
Yeah. And for those of you who didn't see the sermon, I will put a link to it um, Thank you. in the description of the episode. So, um, so yeah, so then um, when you returned home to the States, I know you'd originally right. had some yeah. like biking plans. Yeah, so, <laughs> and, and this was, this is the great uh, goodness and grace of God. Um, so I love uh, cycling. I, I had a big two-week bike trip planned. Um, all by myself, and uh, I was going to go up into the North Woods in Minnesota, and um, five days back after flying home, I come down with COVID, and I I was so frustrated. I thought, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna take Paxlovid. I'm gonna get off this, and I kicked it quickly, and then like. Four days later, I had a rebound effect. Mm -hmm. And then I really didn't feel like healthy enough to be as active as I like to be mm -hmm. for like the next five weeks. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and and I, I, I'm so grateful that I got COVID. <laughs> now, I, I know people have really struggled with this. I don't, I don't want to minimize it at all. But um, I do feel like... God really wanted me to sit still more. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and that really forced me to not, like, just just made, made me stay home. <laughs> um, and, uh, and I read amazing books in the midst of it. And, and, uh, but that, that was real, a real gift. And, and consequently, my mom, is, her health has been struggling. And so mm -hmm. um, in that time, we got to go, um, which wasn't on the plan because we we're going to see my mom and dad in the fall. Um, we, we decided we'd go to Phoenix and, and see mom and dad. So that was great. Um, and then thankfully, I felt good enough the final week we went to Columbus to go see our new grandchild, mm -hmm. Sylvie Louise. And um, I saw pictures of them. She's adorable. Yeah, thank you. She's she's uh, boy, it's amazing. Three granddaughters now, and one more grandchild on the way. Ooh, fun. Yeah. When's that one due? March. Okay. No. Yeah. So yeah, that and um, yeah. So what what did God do in all that? Well, I remember you saying in the staff meeting last week something about how. You had your plan. I can't remember how you phrased it, but you said you had your plans. Oh yeah, yeah. God had other plans. And yeah, it was still good. Here, <laughs> here's how the here's the way I would put it actually, and I and, and this was something that God did for me. Um, if you were to ask me how my sabbatical was, I would say it was perfect, hmm. and I really mean it was perfect. And what I mean by that is, you know, it it was what I believe God wanted it to be. Mm -hmm. Now, I will admit, it wasn't exactly what I had planned. <laughs> yeah. And I think this is a great, this, my whole, that's the story of my whole life, actually. <laughs> you, <too>. know, <laughs> you know? Yeah. I mean, we, and we discover this in our life with, in Christ, that, that we have desires and plans, and God says, thank you for submitting your five-year plan or your 10-year <laughs> plan or your plan for your sabbatical. Here's my plan, and it's going to be better. Yeah. And and it was it was it was a better plan it was a perfect plan I I wouldn't change it even though I got sick and didn't got to didn't get to do certain things yeah um, it was just what I needed yeah and so I'm very very grateful and to yeah. be clear you're all better now and feeling right yeah, yeah 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 interestingly uh, this is no uh, no lie I I literally like 
four days from coming back to to work was like the first time I fart started <laughs> started to feel normal. Yeah. 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 Well, we're glad you're back. And you're, Thank you. And that, and that you're healthy. <laughs> so, um, so part of what I want to ask too is how did the sabbatical help you rest from you know leading up everything leading up to that sabbatical? I mean, in some ways, that's rest from thirty plus years of ministry, like you mm. mentioned. And then it's also just rest from, you know, immediate other circumstances, rest from mm-hmm. the pandemic. Mm-hmm. So how did the pandemic help you rest and recover? How did the pandemic or help me rest? Pan- <laughs> the sabbatical. Yeah, the sabbatical. How did the sabbatical help you rest from everything that came before it? Uh, you know, just it's it's an interesting those of you who are retired have a different perspective probably, but you know, it's usually you go on a vacation and, you know, I don't know that I've ever gone on a vacation that's more than two weeks. You yeah. know, two weeks is like a luxury. And so to, to go two weeks and, and not and cease from your working and then realize I have another 10 weeks <laughs> where, where I'm going to cease from working um, is, is a great gift. And I... I uh, I think I'll do retirement well because um, I, I had great confidence in the staff. I wasn't worried about the church. I have great confidence in the congregation. I wasn't worried about any of that. I I was joking with staff today. I have church dreams, you know, where like what, what, here's my my church dream last night was that I had created this very unique sermon with all these moving parts and all these different participants, and it was like Sunday morning, and none of them were ready to do what. Sorry. I had asked him to do. <laughs> so these are the dream pastors have. I'm and, sorry my, my dream ego in your life. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, we'll talk about that later. Um, no. And so uh, interestingly, I still, my brain was at, in, I still had church dreams about probably six <laughs> to eight weeks into my sabbatical. Um, but I really, I, I didn't check any of my emails. Um I, I think I, I contacted uh, Con a couple times just to joke about something, and uh, uh, I really kind of just said I'm going to put up boundaries, mm-hmm. and I'm just going to enjoy myself. And and you know when it when we talk about rest, um, that 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 idea of of home, of rest, of uh, of being with God, it all comes together. And so the, um, how would I, how would I put this? Our life in God is enough. Mm -hmm. Uh, love of God, love of each other. It's enough. If you go back again to Genesis, uh, such a simple goodness. What was good? They were together. And, and we as a people, brothers and sisters in Christ, just doing life together simply is actually the way the church has done a good chunk of actually God's people as well. Mm-hmm. You know, when God formed his people, uh, Israel, you know, um, here's, here's the way to do life um, and mold it and shape it around uh, worship of me. And, and I gotcha, <laughs> you know, I, I have you. In the midst of that, and so I think that the, just that idea of 
it, it, it was great peace to know we don't have to do stuff. Mm-hmm. We just get to enjoy being with each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so then sabbaticals, in part, resting from what came before, it's also in some ways preparing for what comes mm-hmm. ahead. Not in the sense that you were preparing like sermons for mm-hmm. stuff, but how do you feel that the sabbatical prepared you for um, ministry coming forward? Yeah. Um, well, yeah, I, I feel like like I, I've been given a, a thousand vitamin pills or something. Because, <laughs> um, uh, you know, here, so a couple of things. I've been going through the Bible in a year. Um, I finished that on my sabbatical. I read this history of our denomination, which was very powerful for me. Um, I finished the Brothers Karamazov. A, a, um, the Brothers Karamazov is written by a Christian. has a very Christ-centered message. Uh, it'll be a novel that stays with me for the rest of my life. The greatest novel I've ever read. And, and yet, it's so simple. It's fascinating. Um, and so... In the midst of this, I feel one, like the life, I, I, I feel like God was reminding me, Brad, the life of the church is so simple. Love me and love each other. Mm-hmm. Don't quit trying to impress everyone, you know. <laughs> um, quit quit your striving and everyone come together and let's be together. Let's love each other. Let's love, love worship of God, worship, uh, love God, love others. And and so that that, that kind of like, just throttle down, Kendall, <laughs> and stop striving so hard yeah. was really helpful to me. Um, and yet within that, I feel like, um, you know, God is, is still, he's at his work. He's always at his work, Jesus says, and, um, and he's inviting us into that. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, I had in, in the journey, I had... Um, uh, I, I, I'm getting some clarity on, I believe, the way God wants to lead Faith Covenant Church going forward. Um, I think we in leadership really need to go to the next chapter of what does it mean um, for Faith Covenant Church over the next um, five to ten years. Um, and, and, but even, it's, it's interesting, it's like, um, as, even as I got up to preach last week, you know, I, I just feel like I have a a lot of tools in my toolbox that I didn't have before mm-hmm. and they're not complex tools they're more simple things mm-hmm. um, part of that's probably just getting old too <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so are there any other, before we transition to some of the, the other piece about your sermon this week are there any other things that you'd like to just share overall about your sabbatical or is that kind of covered what you want to share with us for today? Um, let me think. I would I would just say I grew more in love with God's word. Mm-hmm. Um, going through the Bible and something because you already were. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and 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 the supernatural nature, mm-hmm. uh, the power of God's word, but also the simplicity of God's word. Um, and it's like I don't know how to put it, but it's it's it it's like the Holy Spirit molding and, and shaping, um, you know, with a chisel, mm. gently, 
uh, with his word. It's, uh, it was, I don't know how to describe it, but it was very powerful to, to finish, um, you know, I, I started this uh, Bible in a Year journey. It, I, it didn't take me 12 months. It took me about 18 months. Um, but to finish it in, in the sabbatical um, was, I don't know, it was like a wonderful closure to the whole yeah. journey. Yeah. And it, it just made me fall more in love with God's Word. Yeah. Well, we're very glad that you got the opportunity to do that. We're very glad that you're back. Thank you. And so I'm sure glad to that be back. we'll have uh, more stories that will work their way into sermons. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I will do my best not to... Uh, uh, I'll, I'll put a time limit on it. No more sabbatical stories. No, no. <laughs> like, like, this is a formative thing for you. So no. there's no reason not to include stories on that moving forward. Thank so. you. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, boy, I have a lot of pictures of art museums <laughs> <laughs> and churches. Oh, wow. That, okay, I got to share one more thing. The, European churches are a whole other thing. Well, that's the thing. You know, you go to Europe and you're like, wow, our country's really young. Yeah. And secondly, yes. our denomination, which is just over is 125 years, 118, like uh, it's 130 plus years old or something like that. We're a very young denomination. And so going through Europe, you, it, it gives you a wonderful perspective and, and provides some humility maybe to say, hmm, <laughs> um, this deal has been going on a lot longer yeah. than uh, our particular church, our particular denomination. The body of Christ is far bigger. Yeah. That was another great gift. And I just loved seeing all those old churches. Some well, of them still active, you know. Yeah. Well, I think there's something too about seeing the stability of the church and just how the church has endured through so many different things. Yeah. You know, we often get very focused on our current day and age and the instability that we see in the world. And we kind of panic and we say, oh, we have to do these, this, 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 and this to make sure that the gospel survives. Right. Yeah. Make sure the church survives. And it's like, "Mm, yeah, no, 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 no. I think God's word, God's going to take care of God's word and God's going to take care of God's church. Like, yes, we should do our best. Right. do we need to worry? No. No, no, the no, no, no. The church has been around for 2,000 years right. and has been, you know, constant through all the turmoil of right. history. <laughs> think, about, think of all the empires that have fallen and uh, yet the church continues to, yeah. to grow. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, for the past several weeks, those of us who have been here um, at Faith Covenant and not on a sabbatical um, <laughs> have been going through a sermon series called, um, well, Focus on Home throughout the whole summer. Um, in the last few weeks, focus more specifically on healing. And so this week we talked about generational healing um, as just kind of what happens when there are cyclical generational patterns in families that need healing and need mm-hmm. change. Because sometimes these problems are not just our own. There are problems that sometimes we inherit. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you addressed mm-hmm. that. Um, we t- you talked about a few things. Um, and during the Q&A, we got through as many questions as we could, of course, during the sermon. You're welcome again to review those if you watch that. But we did want to go over just four of the questions that we didn't quite get time to address on Sunday. So one of the things that we talked about is how um, a Christ, you have to have Christ in your life to break those generational cycles. So mm-hmm. one of the qu- questions that came up is, if the Christ-centered life is so powerful, why do people not live a Christ-centered life? Um, yeah, <laughs> I mean, there, there are a number of reasons, of course, um, and they're all personal, um, but some just don't know. Yeah. I mean, 
a good chunk of the world doesn't know what a Christ-centered life is. A good chunk of people in the church don't know. Um, and once, I think ultimately it's fear. Um, what is this going to take away from my life? Because the, the reality is Jesus wants all of your life. Yeah. And, so, and that's scary. Um, can, can this God be trusted? Um, and I guess I should probably here share a sabbatical illustration that's going to come in another sermon at some point, but I know not everyone's going to uh, watch this podcast or hear that sermon. Um, so Jesus wants us to trust him the way Nisei trusted me. So I'll give context for that. Jill and I were staying in, in Sweden, and um, uh, a, f- a friend of Jill's, her, her husband, um, um, is blind. And we went sightseeing one day, and uh, they asked if I would guide um, Nisei around um, Stockholm, where, where we were looking, where we were doing touristy stuff. And um, at first I thought, well, this is so scary. I've, 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 I've never done this. How am I, am I going to, you know. But first of all, um, one of the things I learned that day is, again, Brad, this is not about you. <laughs> um, it, what I really learned was I was guiding Nisei, but Nisei's trusting of me was, was really changing my, my understanding of what it means mm-hmm. to be a disciple of Jesus. Mm-hmm. And... Um, because uh, because he, he, he can't see, uh, he relied on me. You know, if I went to the right, he went to the right. If I went to the left, he went to the left. If I stopped, he stopped. When I moved forward, he moved forward. When I said, be careful, um, there's something on your left, you know, or we are now going up an escalator. It, he relied on me for the whole journey. And I, I loved a couple of times he even said, can you tell me where we are? Because he, he used to have sight, but he doesn't anymore. So he knows Stockholm really well. But he even needed to rely on me for the context of his present being. Mm. Okay. And so he didn't, he didn't know this was having such a profound effect on me. I will say that day may be one of the top five most profound days I've ever had in my life. Wow. Um, because even more so than the day you met me absolutely (laughs) forgive me uh (laughs) i forgive you (laughs) it it just really um it helped me see that's that's the kind of trust jesus wants from us and that is scary Mm -hmm. and so the journey of trust um is a daily journey Mm And for those of you who are wondering about trusting Jesus, um, you know, trust is built through time plus reliable behavior. Mm. Now, Nisei and I had spent some days together already, so I think he felt I can trust him. His wife trusted me. Jill trusted me. And so he had some time, and during that time, there was reliable behavior. So he's like, okay, I'll I'll trust Kindle (laughs) as as we move through through Stockholm. but uh yeah i think it's it's um we are blind ultimately Mm -hmm. we we don't we don't know all that jesus knows 
And yet if we will admit, I need you to guide me through this life, even to tell me where I am and who I am, then I will understand what it is to truly be alive. Mm -hmm. um, and that's, that's a whole sermon series right yeah. there, but yeah. Well, even just listening to that, I kind of think, what, what was the alternative to Nisei not trusting you? The yeah. alternative is either he stays at home mm -hmm. and misses out on that experience and that time together, or he doesn't trust you and he tries to do it on his own. Yeah. And who knows what happens then, you know? Sure, who sure. Who knows what injuries he sustains, mm -hmm. or, you know? So and he, he gets a along... Illustration. Yeah, yeah. And what's interesting is he gets along probably even better now since I've left. <laughs> um Still, Mo moving through life, of learning to adapt. Right, yeah. right. But and and a lot of us are very capable. But uh, we we would be we would miss out so much if we didn't allow the God who loves us so in such an immeasurable way to take us where far beyond what we can think or imagine, because. Mm -hmm. If, if, if I'm left to my own devices, I will take Brad to what I can think and imagine. But God's going to take us far beyond what we can think and imagine if we trust him. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. But that's scary. Yeah. Yeah. So within the context of generational healing, what would you re recommend that we let go of? Ultimately, God wants us to let go of ourself. <laughs> um, my favorite verse in the whole Bible is, I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live. I think that's ultimately what he wants us to let go of. Mm -hmm. When we come to the point and say, I've been crucified with Christ and the I that is me no longer lives. But Paul, he says, but uh, I've been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I live in the body I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. And so it's this letting go of me, it's all about me, and trusting that I won't fully understand who I am until I understand who Christ is. And when I discover uh, the I that is me is only Christ in me, that is the only thing worth anything. Then, then, that. But but see, the journey. We, we none of us know how to do that. <laughs> That's why we have to be born again. Mm -hmm. So the Holy Spirit comes in uh, to our lives when we say yes to Jesus, and begins this what is called the sanctification process. The the process of of helping us dismantle all that gets in the way of us being fully alive, mm -hmm. and. Uh, um, that's, so it's, it's kind of, it's, it begins with the yes, God has said yes to us. We say yes to God and God says, okay, trust me, let's go on a journey now where you were, where you will discover who you truly are. And that is Christ in you. Mm -hmm. No, absolutely. Um, next question. How do you suggest bringing up the concept of Christ like living to those who need a little bit of an extra push? Yeah, so that's, I, I, I'm glad that question was asked, and I'm sorry I didn't get to it. Um, it. It depends upon who we 
are talking about. Mm -hmm. So to talk about Christ-like living with someone who um, doesn't have the Holy Spirit or is not a Christian, there's there's no point in talking about it. Christ-like living. We can talk about love, living a life of love, etc. But they don't fully understand. They, they don't have a concept of what Christ-like living is. Mm -hmm. um, and so, with that type of person, we simply want to help them to the ability that we the Spirit provides. We want to help them understand who Jesus is in the first place. Mm -hmm. Okay, so that's that's that. For a brother, so Kevin with me, or me with Kevin, so we're brothers in Christ. Um, if if Kevin thinks I need a nudge, then he 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 he's gonna do so first, led by the Spirit. That'd be the goal, and then in a manner of um, of love, mm -hmm. um, and uh, he's gonna do it in grace, and he's but he's also gonna do it in a way that um, compels me to follow Jesus more closely. Some of the greatest friends I've ever had have been the ones who said, Brad, come on, you're better than that. And what a gift to receive that. Mm -hmm. um, now, they've done it kindly and with grace. Yeah. And when we do that for each other, we're, and, and we're called to do that for each other, um, and we do it with grace, then it, it helps make everyone better. Mm -hmm. um, it, when I say better, I mean more loving, more kind, um, the, the fruits of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, kindness, self-control, faithfulness. I, can't, I must be missing one. <laughs> well, it's a difficult thing to do on either end. It's a difficult thing to gracefully and lovingly give someone that nudge towards more Christ-like living. But it also takes intention and humility to receive that nudge as well. Good point. A very good point. Yeah. And so then, then that's incumbent upon each of us. Actually, and this is a growing edge for me over the past few years, is to try to receive criticism as a gift. Mm. That, and, and the way I put it in my brain is, um, is that when I am criticized... Um, receiving it, not I don't I don't even have to always agree with it, but to but to say, this is helping. God is making me holy mm -hmm. in receiving this criticism. Um, he's humbling me, and me humbled is a good thing. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, last question: um, What if you can't get your kids to come with you to church? And I imagine not having kids myself, but I imagine this plays out in a lot of different ways according to different ages. So mm -hmm. like when your kids are really young, they probably have less choice in mm -hmm. what they do, but maybe once they get into maybe more of their teenage years, they may just refuse or certainly with adult children, sure. um, they may have uh, they may no longer be attending church or that sort of thing. So Sure. What do you recommend with that? Cuz you've had kids. Well, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So uh, I'll th I'll speak to two different sets of parents here, okay? Um, first, I'll say to brand new parents. So you have a little little infant <laughs> or preschool or whatever. Um, my recommendation would be set the standard is until you graduate high school, you we go to church. Mm -hmm. And you just say, this is what we do. And raise the bar high. And yes, there might that might be hard over time. Now, that's easy to say 
to the parent of a preschooler. Yeah. But but you have to kind of start somewhere yeah. within the family. Now, my guess, though, is that the person who asked the question, their, their kids are not that young. Right. And, and, and they might um, be at an age where they can just say, no, mom, I'm not going to do it. Okay. Um, I, I then think of, of um, the vine and the branches passage. Mm. Jesus says, I'm the vine, you are the branches. The fruit that is going to be born is going to be born out of your abiding in me. Okay. And so what I would say to a parent in that situation with the older children, and they're just being defiant, and they're like, I, no, I don't want any part of it. Fine. You lean your whole being and fall more in love with Jesus. And let that your relationship with Jesus be that um, which bears the fruit in your home. And that fruit that God bears in your life through Christ will be a pleasing aroma to your children. So rather than saying you're going to you know, fight a, a battle every week, um, you know, say, you know, be a judo master <laughs> and say, I'm not going to fight this battle. I'm simply going to lean into Christ mm -hmm. and, and, and pray, pray, pray for your kids. Mm -hmm. And let them see you reading the scriptures. Let them see your devotion um, let to them Christ. See you going to church, right? Right, yeah. yeah. And they they will at some point be curious about your life in Christ. Who knows when it will be? That's the, but that's between them and God, because you can't be the branch in the vine for them. You can only be your branch in the vine of Christ, and so. Yeah, and that that kind of goes with with the message again. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you you can't heal the next generation on your on your own. You can only have a life in Christ. Yeah, you yourself. But that's where it starts. Yeah, and it's always I think really hard to surrender the well being of your loved ones to God because mm -hmm. Absolutely. there's so many things that we want to fix for mm -hmm. our nieces, nephews, children, siblings, family members, friends. When we love them, we want to fix things for them. Yeah. And sometimes that means we want them to be at church with us. Mm -hmm. um, ultimately, once they get to a certain age, they have to want to be there. Sure. Um, and you can't make that decision for them anymore. And that's a hard thing to let go of. Mm -hmm. that's, that's a hard thing to surrender, for sure. Absolutely. So. I will say, uh, when, when kids get a little older, one agreement that a parent a parent in that situation can make with say an adolescent is to say absolutely um, you be you I'm gonna be me I'm gonna value you will you please value me hmm. and so I I have this passion for um, the church I have this passion for Christ and that's a that's fundamentally where I'm finding the most life-giving value in my life you know um, and so th that's me and, and you have other values mm -hmm. so I want to know about what you value mm -hmm. and so you can ask them about all the things they value and and there may come a point where they say well mom tell me why you value this mm -hmm. and and asking the question why is a really great question yeah. uh, why 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 do you why is that important to you yeah why you know why um why are you concerned about this? Why are you afraid about this? Why do you love this? 
I, I remember my mom once sitting down with me and watching uh, uh, a concert video that I was passionate about. And I just so appreciated the fact that... Was it Britney Spears? No, <laughs> no, no, no. I, I just so appreciated the fact that she was interested. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and yeah, I don't know. I, I think it's important for just to have that agreement. Mm-hmm. You be you, that's fine. I'll be me. And, but let's not be afraid to talk to each other yeah. about what, what what's, you're, different. what's different and, and what you're excited about, what I'm excited about. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think the best way to get someone to listen to you is to listen to them. Yeah, absolutely. So. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Well, we've covered a lot of ground today um, with sabbatical <laughs> and generational healing. Um, is there anything else that you want to mention before we sign off? Nope. All right. Well, thank you very much for joining us today. You bet. Thank you for watching or for listening. Always remember to hit the subscribe button to make sure that you're never missing out on any of our content. And we will be back with more next week. So thank you much. Thank, wow, thank you much. Did I say much? <laughs> I don't even know what that was. Thank you very much for listening. Have a wonderful and blessed day. Thank you, everybody. Bye-bye.